Good morning, it's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. All right, a Tuesday morning. It's a college football tradition this time of year. We hear from all the coaches, the Aggies, the Utes, the Cougars, Blake Anderson, Kalani Sataki, and Kyle Whittingham. We're going to start with Blake Anderson. PK and I spoke to him at 9.30 yesterday morning, late in the show for you early risers. Here's the guy who won his first game as the Utah State head coach, coming off a one-win season as a 17-and-a-half-point road underdog. They go to Pullman and beat Washington State, and they were down 23-11 midway through the fourth quarter, and they got the touchdown, got the punt, got the ball back, and went and scored another touchdown right at the end of the game to win it. Here's Blake Anderson with PK and I. Coach, good morning. Good morning. Congratulations. Well, I appreciate that. It was a fun night. Your uh, sports information staff sends out an email with a list of superlatives and notes after the game, and they noted that this is the first road win ever over the Pac-12 and the first time an Aggie coach has won their first game since uh, 1973. It's been 48 years. And watching that game unfold, I'm curious – where well, your guys got the belief, because midway through the fourth quarter, you needed a touchdown, and you didn't have one in the game. You needed to stop either a punt or a turnover. They'd scored on all three possessions in the second half. And then you needed another touchdown, and that's exactly what happened. Touchdown, punt, touchdown. Where did they get the belief to pull that off in your first game? You got no history with them. The team won one game last year. How did that happen? You know, it's exactly what I told them it was going to happen. It's, it's the exact game plan we had put in place. Just, uh, you know, really, we, we, we just believed we have to get it to the fourth quarter. We, we felt like that um, that if we could keep it close, that if we could just kind of stay within reach, if we get it to the fourth quarter, that our style of play and our conditioning was going was gonna to take over. And... Um, as you watch the tape, that's exactly what happened. And our kids believed in that. We've worked extremely hard to to get to a point where we feel like we can run and outrun people for 60 minutes. It's been grueling to this point. They have uh, accepted it and worked extremely hard and bought in. And I told them before the game that it's going to be a close game at halftime. doesn't matter if we're 14 down. Don't panic. If we get to a point where we're within reach in the fourth quarter, we will outrun them to the ball. We will start moving people up front better than we were in the first half, and we'll uh, we'll get ourselves back in the game, and guys will be there when it matters. And if you watch the tape, they just continued to outplay them. They just continued to hustle. And, and we made some plays late that mattered enough to, to win the game. So uh, it, it, was, it was a lot of fun to see those guys – do what we've asked, buy in the way they did, and play with the effort level that they did. That is that is a great foundation for what we're trying to build. So you do realize now that you won the first game, if you don't go 10-2, and two, you underachieved, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, you know, that's the thing about this particular game. You know, however many, I'm glad you did the math on how many years because I, I had no idea. I just know it was a long time. Um yeah, if you don't win the next one and if you don't you don't build on it, then then you just look back and say it was a fluke, and, it, and it's not. I mean, the kids are working. Uh, we, we did not play our best ball. We made a lot of mistakes, but we played hard. And the kids um, really, really tried to do things the way we we're asking them to do it. And so you're right, man. If you you got to go keep winning. you got to build. Everyone becomes more important 
when you win a game like that, and, and that's what we want in the building. We want the kids to expect that. We want the we want the fans to expect that. So I'm curious. You had uh, you know had just some questions about different positions, including quarterback. Uh, did those all get squared away and just sort itself out there in the first game? Or are you still uh, questioning some stuff going into the second game? Well, we're still we're going to be detailed about it and, and really research it before we do anything. Obviously, both guys played well in their own in their own way. Uh, we did finish up with Bonner late. Just and people have asked why. Just experience. I mean, the guy's been been in that kind of situation a bunch and and, and come through. And he did uh, in flying colors. Uh, on Saturday night, but uh, not going to jump to any conclusions. I told them before we started this process that it wasn't going to be, you know, one play or a stat line. That it was going to be the the overall picture. But uh, I was pleased with both. They both made mistakes that could have hurt us. Ball on the ground with Peasley and, and, and a, a throw that uh, shouldn't have been put in the air from from Bonner. That that both created turnovers, and those are things we got to fight. We could have, you know, we could have really just put ourselves in a position where we had no chance. So those are we're, – we're not a finished product by any means. But um, at that position, um, we definitely want to settle on one guy sooner rather than later, uh, but have not made that final decision as of yet. Now, I was interested to see what you did at the quarterback position when Bonner put that ball up for grabs towards the end of the first half. I uh, saw how you would play it in the second half. In your mind, as you entered the game and then as the game began, as far as the quarterback rotation, was it a set thing or were you going by feel to make the change as you saw fit during the game or did you have it planned? No, we, we told them we were going to alternate series. Wanted them to be prepared and, and didn't want them guessing on who's going next or, or what. We, we felt like both had done enough work coming into the game to deserve that opportunity. Uh, didn't make the change until late just based off how the game was going and, and, and really just leaning on Bonner's experience. I mean, he's had 20-something games under his belt and, and been in that situation just so many more times than, than Peasley has. So, uh, that was really the decision there. But they knew all along, we're going to alternate series regardless of the circumstance and and play you guys. So that just mentally they could be prepared for exactly what to what was coming. The thing that seems like a no-doubter is uh, Tompkins is the guy. Uh, on the next last drive, he had the reverse. They got you first and goal. And then on the game-winning drive, two catches for first downs and then the touchdown. You knew where you wanted to go. They probably knew where you wanted to go. And you were able to go there anyway. Yeah, I thought we did a good job spreading the ball around, but he, but he's just he's one of those guys in space that you always have to account for. Uh, you know, I think he had ten touches, but but both McGriff and and Derek Wright had eight nine cut touches as well. Got the ball to the backs. We've always put a premium on spreading the ball around. We don't want you to just be able to isolate on one guy. But you're, you're right, certain guys just stand out, and his ability to play in space, his speed. I mean, the reverse looked good, but it. It got ugly real quick, you know, just from pursuit. And he had the extra gear to get around the edge and make what could have been, you know, maybe a two, three-yard gain into an explosive and got us down there to, to be able to score. Um, you know, he's, he's dynamic really in every area. You just get him the ball. It's really tough for the first guy to get him down. Just talking to BYU coaches after they played Arizona, and obviously they were down last year and entered the game on a 12-game losing streak. And one of them told me, he said, the transfer portal has just been a game-changer and to the point where 
last year, depending on who you bring in and what positions you fortify through the transfer portal, that it doesn't even matter what you did last year. Uh, did, did you see that as far as what you're trying to build here quickly at Utah State? Because obviously you had high-profile transfers come in and play and play significant roles that they can make a difference immediately. So it doesn't matter what last year was. Well, it definitely has made an impact. I mean, I, but it, but you watch. There's a lot of guys that were on that team last year that played. You know, just played lights out. I mean, Nick Hanager had an unbelievable game from sideline to sideline, chasing the ball. And uh, that old line. I mean, there's there's a transfer up there, but that's a lot of guys that have been here before. Bannerman, Marcus Moore. I mean, there's a lot of guys. Uh, I, I'm pleased with how all the transfers came in and helped us. Calvin Tyler and. And, you know, Bonner and, and Justin Rice and guys, you know, Bolden, there's a bunch of great transfers that it came in and, and helped us in a big way. But but this is a great mixture. Uh, the Just the way the previous uh, players have accepted us and, and, and just gone out and set the bar for effort and attitude, it, it's been a great mixture. And we've utilized both, uh, building on the foundation of guys that have been here for a long time, but also bringing in some key guys that all – are contributing in, in in different ways, some more than others, but but we've been pleased with all the guys that we brought in at, at midterm and even in the summer. Everybody wants to get a game changer and, you know, the dominant player in the transfer portal, but the fact is those guys don't change teams often. They do sometimes, but not often. But I'm wondering how much the transfer portal is helping coaches plug holes where the other team can just pick at a weakness, pick at a weakness, and you can upgrade that. And the guy may not be a world beater, but if he's better than the one you had, that can make everybody better because that's the one place that breakdowns keep happening. Yeah, no, it, it is, it's been key. I, I don't know. As you look at the end of the season, I don't know that uh, you know how many of these guys are going to be all conference type players or, or have you know tremendously high stat lines. But you're you're right, a guy that can come in, even if he's a he's a two, he's a role player that plays you know a lot more than he would have played at a previous school. Just uh, a different depth chart, a different environment, maybe just a fresh start. Uh, some of these guys were young and immature and 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 just didn't fit in, and, and now they see things differently in a new culture so we've got all kinds we've got guys that are standing out there uh that that are feature players that transferred but we've also got some other guys in the in the program that are their roles are just a little bit different but just as important because you're not going to just play with 11 i mean you're playing you're playing at least two deep if not three deep on defense uh almost the entire game to play the way we play uh, as i said we're spreading the ball around to a bunch of different guys on offense and playing at a fast tempo, which means you typically have to play more guys. Uh, whether you're the starter or you're the role player, all those guys are going to help us win. It's a long season. I mean, attrition happens. Guys do get hurt. Who knows who has to step into a key role? As you progress through this quarterback competition, could you see a situation where if you go with Bonner, you still have Peasley having an active role because you look at him against Washington State and obviously, he, I mean, he wasn't bad throwing, but averaging 10 yards a carry, almost 11 yards a carry on four carries from with him moving the ball through his legs. Could you see a role for him doing that? Absolutely. Absolutely. That would be super easy for us to do. You know, Bonner is, is not a great runner, but he's efficient. But Peasley just has, uh, just has the ability to make guys miss and extend plays with his feet. It's what he does best. It's what intrigues you about him. But uh, whatever we end up deciding to do and, and just where we solidify it, and as I said, we are going to play 
with one quarterback this year, we're not going to continue this for, for very long. But I, I could see uh, both of those guys, if they were not the primary starter, having some kind of role on the team. They're just too valuable, and, and their skill sets are too unique. So we'll just kind of see how it progresses. Uh, I think we're close. We just want to make sure we are very thorough and very fair in the process so we, we move forward all on the same page. So the first win at the at a Pac-12 school, that's a big deal. The guys have got to feel great about the way they execute in the fourth quarter to make that happen and come from behind. Now you get North Dakota. How do you make sure the guys aren't riding too high thinking, oh, we got this? Because there's a long list of teams that got paid for money games that took the check and took the win last Saturday. Uh, no doubt. I mean, that's it. They were We were talking about it immediately following the game. The guys were talking about it on the way back. Uh, well, we're sitting there and during a media break, and the, the Washington-Montana uh, score comes up on the screen, as you can imagine how the crowd reacted to that. Uh, so you don't have to go very far to uh, to just look and see. You've got to respect every opponent, and you got to play your best. We made so many mistakes. we got a ton of things to fix anyway. I love that we're getting to play at home. Uh, I'm expecting a great crowd, especially after the win Saturday night. Hopefully that energizes the Valley and, and the Aggie fans come out. But uh, we're going to talk about it all week. I'm, I'm hoping and praying our guys respond and really just build on what we did and come out and play a much better football game. And, and uh, we absolutely understand what North Dakota is capable of. Watch them in the playoffs. They got a good, you know, they got a good early win this weekend. But and they went deep last year, and, and they've got a lot of guys back. They got a really, really good running back. We're going to have to tackle well and play great ball to uh, to earn a win. Uh, and, and and I think I think our guys have paid attention, and we'll we'll keep talking about it and, and pushing it all week. I think based on what I knew of the Aggies following them last year, obviously we followed them for a number of years, is I felt like with Bonner coming in that you'd be able to throw the ball fairly well because I knew Tompkins is a good player and McGriff is good enough. So I thought you'd have success through the air. The thing that I was intrigued about that I was unsure about is your ability to run the ball. And I thought, what you get? You gained like 220 yards, I think, something close to that on the ground. To me, and you can, and you can comment on it, and uh, maybe I'm off base here, but I thought the most impressive thing offensively was your ability to run the ball. Well, I know this, and I've preached, you know, we preach it every day, and, and we preach it in the strength program that the ability to stop the run and run the ball is what, how, win, how you win games. All that we do with the spread system and slinging the ball around, it's fun and I love it. And, and, and you love getting the ball from sideline to sideline and clearly we, we do spread the field as much as anybody but if you cannot run the ball, you, you really do not have a, a great chance to win competitive, you know, one possession, uh, tough football games and so we put a premium on it. You know, we're not real, real flashy in that area, but I thought we were very efficient. And in the second half, especially in the fourth quarter when we needed it, you know, being able to run the ball on third and six and get a first down, being able to run the ball from the four-yard line and get it in without having to put the ball in the air, uh, being you know, having the having the ability to push the pile for six, seven yards uh, late in the game, and and that's really that's exactly what we talked about: runs that were two and three yards in the first half. We're going to turn into five and six, seven yards in the fourth quarter, and that's exactly what they did. Uh, but we, we have to be able to run the ball effectively. And, and it works really well. You, you mentioned Bonner being able to throw the ball. He did throw the ball well, and, and Peasley did it a, a, as well at times. It all works together. 
But if you, you're getting two yards of run, you know, it's going to be a really, really long night with a lot of coverage that you're looking at. Uh, we're going to keep trying to get better in that area. I was, I was really pleased at how we did against the big front. Well, I think that's why that fourth down conversion with about a minute to go just short of midfield was such a big deal because your two-minute offense, quote-unquote, I'm making air quotes now, you, you were picking up two, three yards of play, and I'm thinking, there's only a minute left. They are never getting down the field. And I was starting to think, they might actually do this. And you convert the fourth down, and then all of a sudden, it was 7, 10, 12 yards after that. You didn't even have a third down after that. You had them on their heels the rest of the way. It, in, in a weird way, I know the winning touchdown is the biggest one. I know you had to make all the plays in the final seven minutes, but that one, that fourth down conversion really stood out. It, it changed everything. No, no doubt. I mean, it, you, you're going to, the clock's going to be against you big time mm-hmm. if you don't make that. And it wasn't just a routine play. I mean, it, 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 it had to happen. The kids, you know, we, we've talked a lot about that going in. I'm not sure what the philosophy has been here in the past, just in terms of being aggressive on fourth down. But we talked about being a calculated but aggressive team there. Tried to prepare them a lot during fall camp. Even in some of the scrimmages, we went for fourth down probably more than you typically would to try to just so they don't think of it as some crazy down. It's just do the routine, you know, do the routine thing. And, and really that's what we did. We just kind of – Ran a typical routine play, and, and guys made it. If you don't make it there, though, clock in, in the, the game is really going to put you in a bind to have a chance to uh, to, to finish that off. And, and it, it was probably the biggest play, I agree, of the fourth quarter. So we know in Jonesboro, if you wanted to live it up, you went to the mall. What are you doing, Logan? <laughs> well, we got back at 4.30 in the morning, so I went to bed, uh, to be honest with you. And uh, – Got up and ate, went and ate a little breakfast at Angie's and came in and, and went right to work on the game. So I, I don't know. I haven't figured out the what do you do when you want to when you want to tie one on here in town yet. To be honest with you, I'm glad you mentioned Angie's. We've actually done shows previewing uh, the night before Utah State games or the morning before at Angie's. Yep. So yeah, there you the go. Kitchen sink at Angie's. You see bumper stickers in Salt Lake City. It's all about the kitchen sink. Last thing no before, last thing we'll let you go. Uh, our boss here, uh, Aggie alum Scott Gerard. I'm just curious how he celebrated with you. Did he give you the pat on the back, the pat on the butt? Did he quietly sob tears of joy? What was it like with Scotty G? Knuckle bumps and a hug was about it, man. It was a long night. It was a long night. <laughs> All right, he was pretty happy on the calls. You'll probably hear them at some point. All right, coach, congratulations on the win, and just tell the guys, you know, not to get too high. This was awesome that they won the opening game for you, and it hasn't happened in a long time. But uh, Coach Romney, who the stadium was named for for a long time, uh, his first game to beat Idaho State, one hundred thirty-six to nothing. So maybe that's the perfect game. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we'll do our best, man. We're we're just we want to find a way, find a way to get a win against these guys. There you go. All right, thanks, coach. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. There's Blake Anderson after just a great win, a great win for Utah State. When we come back, Utah football coach Kyle Whittingham as the rivalry game approaches. Kyle's coming up next. Ready, 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 ready. It's game week for the Utes, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. For the first time in two years, it's rivalry week. Kyle Whittingham and the Utes look to make it 10 in a row against the Cougars as the Utes head to Provo for another showdown with BYU. Your home for the best Holy War coverage is right here on the Zone Sports Network. Ah! From Monday morning to the post-game press conference... 
Nobody brings you better coverage of youth football. You ready? Yeah! Than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The rivalry week is here. Utah and BYU Saturday night on ESPN. Here's Utah head coach Kyle Whittingham. Okay. Uh, good to get off or get the season off. Started off with a win. Um, it was a, uh, a game that uh, we did a lot of good things after watching the film. A lot of things to correct like we felt like after the game. But uh, certainly some positives to take away. Um, I thought Charlie Brewer played well. Uh, did a nice job uh, throwing the football. He was very accurate. Uh, made good decisions. Uh, we didn't run the ball quite as effectively as I thought we would. But uh, give credit to uh, Weber State and Jay Hill and their staff. Uh, just to reiterate what we said going in, is they're well-coached, tough, disciplined football team. Their staff's doing a great job. And uh, we'd expect them to make a deep playoff run just like they have uh, for several years. <clears throat> and um, so a lot of the credit for our missteps uh, go to them for playing well. But uh, overall, we came out uh, you know, in pretty good shape. And uh, got to get ready for the next one now. So the, the season marches on. So questions? Finally, talk about kind of figuring out that the depth that we're running back. Have you figured that out based on the skills people? Yeah, we're closer. Tavion obviously had a good game uh, production-wise. Although, as we mentioned after the game, the fumble was was the big negative. But uh, you know, he's working hard to to get that corrected. And uh, Makai Bernard played well and. You know, everybody contributed uh, in some respect in the at, at the running back position, but but I think Tavion's the one that stood out most. What do you think of the way uh, your quarterback managed the game? I thought he did a good job managing the game. I thought he was. Uh, like I said, uh, good with his decisions. Got the ball out quick. Um, did a nice job extending the play at times, um, and just you know it was a good start. You know we got to get better at all positions, but I thought he got off to a really good start. Then Cam came in just for a f- few snaps and and uh, looked you know, through some good balls, a couple of good balls, and so or at least the, the touchdown was outstanding throw. So so uh, it was good to see him get some work. We saw some drops. What's the way to address drops with your receivers? Yeah, just keep working on it. Uh, receivers and tight ends that, that had the drops, and, and uh, some of them would have been tough catches, but some were just uh, plays we got to make 10 out of 10 times. And so just get back on the jugs machine and, and continue to, to emphasize looking the ball in and, and uh, you know making the catch before you start to run and that type of thing. But but uh, it's something that uh, they're drive killers. I mean, those drops uh, cost you touchdowns and or uh, uh, you know the ability to keep the drive going, so something that we got to correct. I think we had five of them, which is way too many. What what, what do you make of uh, BYU's quarterback Jaron Hall? He's now the yeah, very mobile. Uh, they've moved the launch points a lot with him. He's, you know, there's not a lot of drop back pass in the game. It's uh, play action boots, that type of thing, getting him outside the pocket. And uh, he's a guy that, like I said, has got good speed and 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 his mobility is is uh, really good. And so I thought he did a nice job running the game, managing the game for him uh, Saturday. 
flipping back, how, how well do you think the offense winded? Plus, like, what do you project for this week with yeah, well, we're in season now, so we don't talk about injuries anymore once the season's going, and so that's something we're just hoping for the best. I can I can just leave it at that. Uh, I thought there's room for improvement there, as and I'm not picking on them because every every position has room for improvement. But I I think we can be better than we were Thursday night, and I expect that we will become better. And that's you know the old adage of making your most improvement between game one and two is has got to show up for us uh, this week because we got to play better this week than we did last week. I think everyone needs to elevate their play, and the twos, uh, you know, weren't necessarily the guys that uh, were the, the the problematic uh, positions. It's just a matter of just being more productive, blocking up the run game better, running off the ball better. We're, we didn't get quite the movement that I thought we were going to get. But, uh, you know, the pass pro was pretty solid. I mean, there were some positives about the uh, performance as well. And so, uh, again, not to single them out because every single position group has uh, room for improvement. Yeah, yeah. When you get 12 personnel, which we'll see again this week, and so there'll be a a, a good dose of it this week. But Devin Lloyd played outstanding. He's exactly what we uh, played exactly how we need him to play. He's the, he's a leader of the defense. His stats were exceptional, and uh, he's uh, that's who he is. I mean, he's just a really good player. And, he, and Nephi opposite him played well. Wasn't quite as productive as he's been in games uh, in the past, but uh, he's a good solid linebacker and, and a really good player. And and uh, so I think the linebacker core overall did a nice job. Well, we're only concerned with with uh, with BYU now, and so that's that's our primary focus. You know, you do. Uh, you know, mentally, I guess, file away some things that you saw from Arizona uh, in the game. But but uh, it's all we have to go on for this year, obviously. Uh, but the similarity in offensive style hasn't changed much uh, over, you know, from the last two or three years. And uh, it seems to be, you know, just plug in the new guys and continue doing what they're doing is what we've extrapolated. Is that the word you used? Extrapolated. That's a good word. Yep. SAT word. There were high expectations for BYU's tight ends, statistically they didn't throw it to them much. Looking at the film, is that something Arizona did that you can replicate, or did BYU just stay away from it, maybe saving something for you? What do you think? Yeah, you know, they are, they got uh, three guys they use, 83, 13, and 32. Pretty much in that order as far as the the, the uh, amount of snaps. Um, I can't tell you why they didn't go to him more than they did. Uh, didn't appear on film that Arizona was doing anything in particular to take him away. Just uh, as the game unfolded, it was uh, they just were not a big part of uh, the production that particular night. But they're good players. What's your takeaway on Tyson out here, the running back, and, and how they? Twenty-five. Yeah. He's uh, he's got uh, quickness. He's a big kid, you know, thick kid, not necessarily tall, you know, 5'11 ish, couple 220, but uh, you know, gets positive yards and uh, has quickness, like I said, and uh, you know, he had the majority of the carries. I think he had 17 carries, so he was the the uh, primary ball carrier, and, and uh, he's the guy that uh, they lean on heavily in the run game.
every win is obviously important, but how, how important is it to get to the, the 10th win over BYU, knowing that no team has ever gotten over nine wins? Yeah, you know, nothing lasts forever, but, uh, you know, we're just approaching it like we do every year and pretty much every game. Just the preparation will be the key. It's not the the emotional part of it or, or how many wins in a row or any of that stuff. It's just that you got to prepare the right way, and that's your best uh, chance to win a game is, is through great preparation. Internally for the players, is this rivalry different than it was five, ten years ago? You have a lot more out-of-state guys now. Yeah, it is. It is a lot different, and uh, for a lot of reasons. Uh, first of all, uh, you know, we don't. We're not in the same conference anymore. That's been 11 years now. Uh, we don't play it every year. You know, we're taking two years off after this year. We've taken time off in the past. Didn't play it last year, although that was extenuating circumstances. The the uh, the timing of the game. You know, early in the season, typically a rivalry game is is the last game of the season. So there's a lot of reasons why it it has a different feel than it used to. And uh, it's you know, but we're playing this year, so we got to be ready to go. Well, like I said, just tell them that the key is going to be preparing the right way. You prepare hard and you play hard. And that's that's simple for me. You know, it's the most simplistic uh, terms. That's what you do. And if you uh, don't prepare, and that's not only on the field, but in the film room, you know, in the weight room, everything you, everything that comes with it, uh, getting your rest, hydration. I mean, there's a there's a ton of different uh, aspects to preparation, and you got to pay attention to all of them. And then on game day, you got to play hard. Yeah, I thought they played pretty good. I think Clark Phillips played really well. Like I said, after the game, he, he made a lot of plays. Uh, JT Broughton played solid. Uh, our nickel position, uh, Malone Matele, was, was uh, a guy that turned in a pretty good performance as well. The safeties, I thought, uh, held down the fort. So uh, I think for one game, they, they had a pretty good outing. Now there'll be bigger tests down the road. But uh, for that game, I thought they played pretty well. Well, it doesn't tell me anything new than what we were thinking when we saw him all spring and all fall. You know, he's a terrific athlete, a tough matchup, and uh, that tight end crew is really productive with him, Cole Fotheringham, and, and Keithy. And uh, he made some catches and some plays that uh, you know highlighted you know, his athleticism and, and what his capabilities are. And, and uh, hopefully, we see a lot of that all year long. What do you see from Kalani's defense? Uh, a little more even front than they were playing a few years ago, uh, but the same uh, philosophy, zone coverage, is what they hang their hat on, keeping things in front of them. Um, that really is the, you know, the basics of it: is don't give up the big play and, and keep things in front and and uh, rally and tackle, and that's been their mo for uh, quite a few years. With the portal becoming a bigger deal, we see players transfer from both Utah and BYU to other schools. Mm -hmm. How much does that help with preparation? Maybe you want to see more things? Eh, almost zero. I mean, it's not a big factor, and I don't think it's an advantage for either team, uh, or, or has been an advantage for either team in the past, for that matter. And so it's not. Uh, to me, I think that stuff's overblown, and, and uh, every year is its own entity, and, and you know you evolve and change, and so I don't think that's really a big, big uh, part of of uh, the outcomes of these games.
you've known Aaron Rodgers for quite a while. Mm-hmm. He's there with me now. What, what do you feel like you can use from his time here that can maybe give you an advantage there? Or is there an advantage you see his yeah, I don't see much of an advantage. It's uh, what they're doing is quite a bit different than what we did here when he was here, and and uh, so again, it's kind of like the, the same answer about the players. It's not really a, a big impact. How the young pass rushers out? Not bad, not bad. They got work to do, but uh, they did a pretty good job. I think our tackles did a pretty good job collapsing the pocket. And uh, giving those edge rushers a chance to, to come around the edge there and, and uh, get pressure. Uh, I thought Mika Tafua played well, but uh, in answer to your question, there's you know there's improvement they got to make. But uh, for for freshman kids, I think they did a good job. How much different is the job for that defensive front when uh, a team does what BYU does, where they move the quarterback outside of the box? Does that change their duty significantly? On the edge, it does. Not interiorly, but on the edge, you got to you try to get the guy pulled up and not let him just have. Uh, you know the ability to roll out and have three, four seconds to to do his thing. I mean, you got to try to try to do as good a job as you can, keeping keeping him contained. Any takeaways from the weekend with Southern Texas? Yeah, a lot of interesting stuff. Uh, the North struggled. They were one and five over the weekend with Oregon, and I guess they had to pull it out late against uh, Fresno, or it was the game was never in in hand until uh, the very end. And the South was five and one, so six and six overall, which is kind of a mediocre showing for the conference. But uh, like I said, the South fared much better than the than the North. I was, uh, you know, some of the scores surprised you, but but uh, you know, if you're not ready to play, anything can happen. So I'm not accusing anyone of not being ready to play, but apparently it was, uh, you know, there were some there were some outcomes that you didn't see coming. At least I did. Uh, I did. I watched uh, almost all of that, and uh, you know, you really don't have perspective right now. Uh, you know, after one week, it takes four or five weeks, in my opinion. But but uh, they certainly look like uh, a very explosive, much more physical team than they've been. And I uh, can't, you know, I don't know much about LSU uh, and, and what they had coming back or any of that stuff. But but you can definitely see that UCLA is is a much better football team. There's Utah coach Kyle Whittingham getting ready for the rivalry week. Kalani Sataki is coming up next. It's game week for the Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. The Holy War is here. Kalani Sataki and the Cougars look to snap Utah's winning streak at Lavelle Edwards Stadium on Saturday. Your home for the best Holy War coverage is right here on the Zone Sports Network. From Monday morning to the post-game press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Time to hear from BYU coach Kalani Sataki. We just heard from Kyle Whittingham about Rivalry Week. Here's Kalani after the win over Arizona as they get ready for the second of three Pac-12 opponents. Yeah, uh, looking forward to the game against Utah this Saturday. Uh, um, feel really good about the game, uh, getting that win last weekend. And so uh, we've moved on and, and try to find ways to learn from the mistakes that were made and try to improve and learn from all of it and and uh, make sure that we try to improve as much as we can from week one to week two. Uh, it's been a crazy week in, in uh, college football with, with uh, all the different games and different upsets with uh, – so-called upsets with 
all the games that happened over the weekend. So, you know, just heard a lot about our our week schedule and those those teams seemed to do pretty good last you know over the weekend. So, uh, college football that's why it's just uh, it's fun to watch because you never know. And so, looking forward for us to get better as a team and as a program and make sure that we perform at our best against a very talented Utah team and looking forward to, to facing a ranked team here this weekend. All right, Jared, go ahead. Kalani, we talked after the game about uh, the the health situation. What have you learned in the last couple of days? Where are you at as far as some of those injuries, uh, particularly Keenan, how's he doing and, and those guys? Yeah, Keenan's doing actually, uh, you know, pretty good right now. And uh, he, we just go into that uh, concussion protocol. I think the, the, the scariest thing was just not knowing because he was out. And I'm really thankful that, that our, you know, the trainers and the doctors were able to take him in. And, and uh, we ran all the tests and did everything we could. And, and it seems like he's going to be he's going to be good. I mean, Highly unlikely to play this Saturday, but um, we're just glad they get him back and get him healthy, and we'll work on on getting him back to to full speed. But you know, football is not the thing that we worry about right now with him. It's just making sure that he's healthy. Gunner uh, didn't come back into the game, and so um, the good news is he's not out for the year. And so we'll uh, we'll see how he, he goes day to day over the weekend. Has been has been tough on him. Doubtful for the game, but never know what could happen from you know in the next uh four to five days we'll see what happens uh i'm trying to think of anybody else i think everybody else that that were banged up in the game came back and, and finished so you know we, we have some guys that are a little sore and everything they just got to get better and be ready to play jake go ahead Kalani, obviously Utah, there's a heightened sense of, I don't know what you want to call it, just uh, spirit, I guess, around this game every single year. Do you look forward to it every time you guys get to play Utah? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the game, and I know our players are. And We didn't get the game last year, you know, so I think that the – uh, we were looking forward to a lot of different things this year. The, this weekend, having the fans and and this, the stadium was really, really nice to, to rely on that energy from them. And and it caused some problems. You know, when you're going from an empty stadium and you can yell out as a coach uh, correction, it didn't it didn't work this this last weekend, obviously because of the noise level. And, but we love having the fans there. And, um, you know, we, we just with the matchup with Utah, we're excited for the game. So our, our guys know that that there's a lot of work to be done in the next few days, and, and get ready for this week of prep, so we can uh, you know be at our be at our best and perform at our best against Utah. Can you give us just a scouting report of what you see from them on film? Are they any different than they are in every other instance you've ever scouted them? Yeah, really talented, well coached. I mean, I know their coaches really well, so I, uh, they're going to get the most out of their kids. You can see um, great leadership. I mean, the guy that stands out the most to me is their linebacker, uh, Lloyd's. Uh, you know, he's just he's a big time playmaker, and they're big up front. Um, you know, on a very physical team on on all three phases, and so really looking forward to the matchup. Uh, obviously, I, I know I know them really well, and we seem to know each other. So we'll we'll see what happens on the field. But it comes down to the players making plays and making sure that we as coaches learn from some of the things that we've gone through, um, especially after the first 
game and try to make sure we get that improvement. Everyone says that you, you improve the most from week one to week two. We'll, we'll see how much they improve. We'll see how much we improve and then see what happens on Saturday. Hey, Mitch, and then Jared. Yeah, Kalani, uh, you've seen the, the rivalry from so many different angles, player, coach, head coach. Um, maybe as, as a player back in the day, what, what are your favorite memories of the rivalry and what changes between the lines in a rivalry compared to uh, just a, a normal regular season game? Well, I think just because we're familiar with, with each other and, you know, I – me and my little brother played here at BYU, and our our oldest brother played at Utah. And so there's there's the family connection, there's the friends, and you know there's a lot of guys on our team that know a lot of guys on their team. And so that's on the field, and then you go beyond the field and into households. And there's a lot of people that cheer for both, and there's a lot of people that have mixed families that go for one or the other school. So that's I think that makes it a lot more fun and makes it a you know the bragging rights are the are the, are the key here. So we're we're looking to try to find ways to make our fans happy and that as a coaching staff and as a, as a program and as a team that's what we want to do and beyond just bragging rights uh how much of an impact does this game maybe have on in-state recruiting and the perception young athletes have on the two programs that you guys are recruiting i'm not really worried about that stuff to be honest with you i just want to win the game, do whatever we can to perform our best and, and see what happens in the results. So um, right now we, we, we love our guys on our team. There's guys that, that are here that want to be here at BYU and there's young men that we're recruiting that want to be here. And so uh, I don't know how much crossover we actually have in recruiting, but uh, all, all that matters right now is the game and then making sure that we show up and can be at our best. That's the key for us. Lonnie, everybody knows about the losing streak. You get asked about it every year that, you know, that before this game, how do you address it with the kids? Do you, do you talk about it at all? Do you ignore it? Like what, what do you do as far as trying to trying to prepare to try and end that streak? I mean, you only get four years to play. So it's not like those guys, you know, really know that much about it. And so, and it's, it's, it's a while ago that I was on the other side, you know, when it, when it, when it first started. So, this year just all we care about is right now you, know, you, you learn from the past and you you live in the, in the present and then you prepare for the future so that's what we're going to do right now we, obviously there's things that you can carry over in, in, in games that, that allow you to be in a position to have more success and win the game we're going to try to do all that i mean it's i don't think you can you can um sit there and hide things from the players they they obviously know that there's a streak going on and things like that so you address it and then you you give them the challenge of going out there and trying to find a way to to you know break it so and we're not going to hide from it or or shy away from any of that stuff we want to play this game and we want to be aggressive and uh, we want to do whatever we can to, to make sure that we change what you know some of the past as coaches i mean this is you know probably it's more on us than, than anything so we'll try to find a way to get our players to, to perform the best and give us our best chance for success is there any way to prepare for how different it can be in a rivalry game just because the adrenaline and the interactions can be different it's football i don't know if you can you can really you just get out there and you just love the moment and then get excited for it and that's that's what we're going to get ready for so i, I don't I'm not going to sit there and try to play it up or play it down. You know, I'm just, it is what it is, and the kids are aware. This this generation, they're 
they're different than when we were younger. You know, that there's a lot more information out there. And so I'm not going to put any bans on them from social media or anything like that. That's the life they live. But, but when they get into this building, it's all work. And when, when we give them extra time and get some demand and expectations for them to prepare, there's a certain standard that we have and, and uh, they got to meet it. Okay, and then Mitch. Lonnie, it seems like in your six years in Provo, you've brought more respect to the rivalry. You started out by saying you basically hope Utah wins every game but one. Have you seen it change in that uh, in that respect through your tenure at BYU? I don't know. I mean, I, I, that's so it's it's a uh, unique because. Um, I'm the head coach here, but before I was a head coach, I was a player here at BYU. Before I was a player, I was a fan. So uh, my my job as a coach isn't to tell the fans what how to behave or how to act. My my co- job as a coach is just be thankful that we have fans that care and are passionate about our team, and then try to meet their expectations. That's that's what we teach our players. You know, we have fans with high expectations, and we want to meet them. We want to make them all happy. And so the the drive, the desires to prep and make sure that we're ready to do that um as far as the respect goes I, that's how i feel about every program i, I think it's it, we're in a situation where all these young men and coaches and, and staff members work really hard and, and you work all these long hours just for 12 opportunities to play a game and um some people don't think it's worth the the, the time but obviously we do and then we're going against a team that feels the same way so there's a camaraderie of, of people that are willing, players that are willing to spend um, thousands of hours of preparation just for minutes or seconds on the football field. And so I think there's got to be that high level of respect for each other. And in the rivalry, I mean, we I've been on both sides and I've had family that are on both sides. And so it's there's really good people all over this place and especially in the, in the rivalry games. And I think it's just really good for the soul to wish good things on people. I mean, that's why I, I want to beat Utah. I really do. Right. But after, afterwards, I, I hope them, I, I wish them success and hope they do well. It, it does. It does. Wishing bad things on other people does not, does, is not good for the soul. So I've been taught that growing up from my, from my father and my grandpa. And that's just how I live my life. I don't expect everybody to do it the same way, but they should try it. It's, it's, uh, it's relieving and it's, it's refreshing. And I think it brings you closer to being a great disciple of Christ. Kalani, uh, uh, over the summer, uh, you know, Kyle Whittingham was asked if who, who's the, the relationship with the biggest rivalry in their in their program and said that they have a lot of different rivals in, in their conference affiliation now. Is is Utah still the biggest rival for BYU after all these years since being an independent? I don't think that's my job to define that. I think if you look at the fan base, they'll probably define it for you. You know, so I don't I don't know if it's even appropriate to, to put it on Kyle or put it on myself to to define it for everybody. I'm just going to say we, we love playing this game. Uh, we love sharing the field with, with great opponents. We have a, a ranked, talented team coming into our house, and we're looking forward to you know defending our stadium. And, and uh, both head coaches played for the great Lavelle Edwards. So uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of cool things going on in this game. And um, so I'm not going to define whether or not the different rivalries happen and all that stuff. I just think that the fan bases do it for the, for us already. So I just, is, that, is that what you're asking about, Mitch? 
Yeah, that, that that's okay. great. And I wanted to ask you one more question too, Kalani, um, you know, from the film study over Arizona, what or maybe one or two things that really stood out that, that give you some optimism going forward into the season? Um, well, you know, the, the, the difficult thing, and I mean, just looking at the film, uh, I know A-Rod was saying that during the game that it wasn't everything that we thought. I mean, we did all the, as much preparation as we could. They did some things that were different on film, on offense and defense, and definitely on special teams because we didn't know what to expect on special teams. But I was really um, I was really pleased with how our guys were able to adapt to it and then our staff taking uh, what we saw in, uh, on certain things in special teams especially and getting on the sideline and drawing it up for our players. And then on offense and defense, we had to make some adjustments, uh, you know, and adapt according to the, what we're seeing from the game plan. But I, I think you had to give a lot of credit to, to their coaching staff. It's a really good coaching staff. And and um, they were able to get their, their players played really hard and they were able to get certain uh, transfer guys in there to, to fill in some spots. And, man, they, they were a really tough team. They played hard and uh, it was it was, fun. it was a fun night. Uh, we, you know, we, we obviously wish we could take some moments back and some decisions back but uh, I mean I, I keep going back to should I have should, should I have um, declined that penalty or you know I, I don't know but uh, getting the ball on the one yard that, that whole sequence I wish I could could look into it and see if I would have done it differently but I think that I'm just grateful that there's a lot of great learning moments from that game and that we were able to come out with a win um, Jake last question yeah, Kalani, uh, similar to what Mitch was asking in terms of your film review, after watching Jaron's game back, any different opinion on how he performed against Arizona? Yeah, I thought he did. I thought he did really well. The, the one thing that I liked about, about it the most is he protected the football. And so um, that, that that's the one thing that I liked from him. Other than that, I, I thought he made some really good throws. I thought he made some great decisions. Uh, if you ask him, he wished he would have done a lot better. Um, and that's just, uh, you know, it was just nice to have a guy that's not um, happy with his performance and wants to get better. So. Uh, there's a lot of guys in, after the game that weren't happy with um, some of the things that they did, but you know, we have to just keep building on it and keep learning. I, th- I, f- I thought for game one, we did some really good things, and, and we also made some mistakes. And But that's not all on the players. I mean, that's, that's the coaches, too. we got to find ways to get our guys to play at a higher level. And if it means that we have to uh, change some things in, in the game plan, then so be it, or have different personnel groups in there, then, then we'll do that. But I don't wanted to all rest on the players. I think if you watch the film, like I did, the effort was awesome and the energy was awesome. And so as coaches, we've got to find find ways to make it better. Just real quick, I also wanted to ask you about the 17 tackles for Keenan Peely. How rare is it anymore to see a guy garner that many tackles in a single game? Well, there's two sides to that. Number one is why are we playing that many plays on defense? And it's because we weren't getting out of drives and um, trying to find ways to get them off the field. That, that's number one. Um, and number two is that he's really active and f- has a great nose for the ball. I thought I thought um, Keenan and Peyton played great games, you know, and, and there's some things that they could they could fix and get better. But, man, when those guys are, are, are flying around and playing uh, full speed, it's going to be really hard to, to keep both of those guys down. But it was nice that both of them were, were performing. I think they got – player of the game, the co-player of the game for both guys on defense.
There's BYU football coach Kalani Sataki. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines on the way. Stay with us.